Welcome to Hastings Outdoors, your podcast for hunting, fishing, conservation, and more. Straight from the Mississippi Flyway to your hearts. Let's go! And I'm back! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another episode of Hastings Outdoors podcast. I am your host, Andrew. And I am coming to you not live at all in any way, shape, or form. This is definitely a recording from the garage where dreams are made. The Dream Building Garage. And that is my garage, ladies and gentlemen. Soon to be the home of the Hastings Outdoors uh, podcast studio. Uh, that is still in the works. Uh, but welcome. Thank you all for joining in, listening in, all that good stuff. And I hope this podcast finds you well. Um, today's weather. It. it it's it's uh it's a nice Tuesday here so whenever you guys are listening to this it's not going to be the same day but today's weather in my area is is nice uh it it's got me in this kind of a kind of a duck mood you know this um oh it's just I, I don't know it's the high today is 69 had a front come through not too long ago and drop the temperature down and all that good stuff knocked the humidity out of the air for the most part and uh as of right now it's it is uh, according to the weather channel app it says it feels like 65 and i'm fighting with my mic right now but i think we're good to go but um yeah it feels like 65 it's nice and breezy slash windy and compared to <laughs> the weather we've been having lately uh which has been nice and balmy um it is it is nice uh it's almost on the chilly side and uh, that gets me super excited i i I, i'm so ready for season to open uh september 9th for me uh please come come quickly i don't like wishing time away but at the same time i really want to hunt so it's a bit of a catch-22 there um I, i don't know about you guys uh i enjoy uh, I enjoy colder weather, not so much because um, I like being cold. Uh, I love the summertime. I love the warm weather, all that good stuff. Uh, but uh, when it, it, we're still a little early for the transition into fall here, but uh, um, when the weather starts to cool off a little bit, that gets me really excited. Uh, I mean, for many, many, many years. Um, that that transitioning period where summer's kind of waning and fall is 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 starting to work its bone cold fingers into your into the into the atmosphere um it, it's always been exciting for me you know from a young man uh uh it meant uh well the salmon we're going to be running soon um you know sometime around labor day my father and a, a few of his buddies who have since passed um used to take a trip up to uh, northern Michigan area, usually Ludington North. Uh, so Ludington and the, really Ludington and Frankfurt, Frankfurt a lot um, for the fall run. And um, yeah, so that got me excited. I mean, it's just kind of, it's it's kind of programmed in my DNA. Like, uh, hey, the weather's getting colder. It, it's time to go. Um, it, I mean, I felt the same way when I was, uh, you know, playing sports, uh, playing football in high school and college and whatnot. I, I, 
it just that change in the weather, you know, where you, especially with sports where you can get out there and you can, um, you can really turn up the speed and, and the effort and stuff like that. But, uh, it's, it's a little more comfortable than those 90 degree days that you had in your, you know, summer football camp and all that stuff. So it, it's nice. I embrace, I embrace the change. I'm excited for the change. And besides, I, I don't know. I'm, I like the cooler weather anyway. I tend to run hot as it is. I'm not a, I'm not a very massive person, but I, uh, my body temperature always tends to stay, stay pretty, pretty warm. So, uh, it's nice. I also like to, uh, this may be crazy. I don't know. Um, I don't know if there's any science to this. I mean, it seems logical ish, but, uh, one thing I like to do <clears throat> to try and get myself ready for, um, uh, you know, basically the changing temperatures, the fall, uh, that kind of thing. I know uh, for my region, uh, teal and stuff comes in September 9th. Um, so it's not really coldish yet, but uh, trying to prepare myself for duck season, which is towards the end of October, uh, which that's when it starts to get pretty chilly for the most part. We'll still have some hot days here and there, but uh, on average, um, it starts to cool off pretty good by then. Um, but to acclimate myself to the change in temperature. And, and again, I don't, I'm just going to look this up real quick to see if there's any kind of science to this, but I like to, uh, try to avoid, and this may seem silly, uh, without risking, you know, health or anything like that. I like to try and avoid adding layers as long as possible. So, um, really pushing it into October, wearing shorts and a t-shirt outside that kind of thing, just to try and get my body used to the cooler weather. And believe it or not, for me, this could be a thousand percent psychosomatic and all in my head. But for me, it um, it has really helped with the colder temperatures come mid and and, and late season, whether it be uh, whitetail or waterfowl whatever and that's something i try to do as best i can i mean you know time is a limiting factor but i, I try to do that and it, it definitely it uh it uh, it helps a lot at least for me so i don't know maybe maybe it's just crazy so let's look this up real real quick here um let's just see here acclimating to cold weather Okay, uh, what is this? this? Is Gobi Heat? I have no idea who this is. Well, the Google says that body temperature changes and how to acclimate. Uh, let's make sure this is about weather here before I get too far. Uh, we don't need to talk about menopause. That's that's a different thing. But and yes, I said menopause. Um. Okay, so body temperature uh, changes and how to acclimate. Dedicate a week or so before your trip to expose yourself to the cold, allowing body temperature changes to take place. This can be accomplished by turning your AC down a few more degrees, wearing a few uh, fewer layers, or spending time outside in colder climates. Um, that's gobiheat, G-O-B-I heat dot com. Uh, no idea what that is. I'm going to try to find... Um, Here's a Time Magazine article that seems a little more uh, uh, credible. Is that the word I'm looking for? Credible? We'll go with credible on that one, guys. 
Um, let's see. We've got time, and then I'm trying to find something that's a, a reputable source. And not, not that a lot of these aren't reputable. I just want to find something with uh, linking it to some sort of scientific study from an organization that actually... Uh, oh my gosh, that's from 1989. Wow. That's the year I was born whoo um okay so trying to find something from a a, a well-known accredited source that isn't uh from 34 years ago that's yeah um well here's one is from university of iowa hospitals and clinics we will uh open that link too and not to bore you guys with with this i'm kind of on a rabbit trail here hardcore i tended to oh you're gonna play an ad on me that's not even funny Okay, so do do this is from uh, Time Magazine, October twenty ninth, twenty nineteen. What? This is so weird. Okay, sorry. I, I was looking at this, and this is this is <laughs> what? Maybe I shouldn't use this as a as a source of information. I'm sorry. I know you guys can't see this, so I'm going to read it to you real quick. At least I'm going to try to get to it. So, uh, shortly after a very brief opening paragraph, this article starts with, uh, beginning in the 1960s, U.S. Army researchers found that nude men who spent eight hours a day in a 50-degree 50 uh, 50 Fahrenheit, 10-degree Celsius uh, chamber became habituated to the cold and had mostly stopped shivering after two weeks. <laughs> so, what the heck? I'm sorry, but I'm just, I'm imagining the army saying, hey guys, we're going to have you guys sit naked in this 50 degree chamber for two weeks. <laughs> what is going on? Oh my gosh. Oh, sorry. Oh, man. Where do our tax dollars go? Uh, it's almost painful, but it's it's so outrageous that you can't help but laugh at it. That was the 60s, so oh, Lord help us. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's around the time the whole MK Ultra thing was really kicking off. Um, if you don't know what that is, um, just, just search it. Um, but good... Good Lord, that's absurd. <laughs> All right, Private, we're going to have you sit in this chamber for two weeks and 50 degrees. Yes, sir. Oh, and one more thing, Private. Yes, sir. You're going to do it naked. Uh, uh, yes, yes, sir. Anywho, I'm sorry. So, the, another another portion of this, this article, um... Oh my gosh. Okay, so it's a it just says a small 2014 study published in the journal uh PLOS1 a group of healthy men spent up to 3 hours a day sitting in baths filled with 57 degrees uh Fahrenheit water or uh it's about 14 degrees Celsius. Um let's see. It says that's roughly the temperature of the Atlantic Ocean along the New Jersey and New York coastlines in late October. According to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, they could have just put NOAA. Um, but at the start of the 20-day study, the men did not 
uh, or sorry, the men did a lot of shivering, which is the humans, uh, the human body's initial response to cold. The heart rate, uh, heart rates and metabolism sped up, generating heat. At the same time, their blood vessels narrowed and drew back from the surface of the skin, causing the te- the skin temperature to drop. Basically, the men's vascular systems uh, clenched, pulling blood toward their warmer interiors in an effort to escape the exterior cold. But by day 20, much had changed. The men's shivering had more or less stopped. While their metabolisms and heart rates sped up in response to the cold water bath, their blood vessels no longer constricted and their skin temperature didn't drop the way it, did, it had before. The men reported uh, less discomfort during their chilly baths. At the same time, their blood samples contained fewer markers of cold-induced stress and immune system activity. It appeared their bodies had gotten used to the chill. I, I so there's that there there is some some there's something to it. I oh good lord, I'm not even going to look at the other ones because after reading that one, I don't know if I want to know what was going on. That oh gosh. So um yeah, I'm not doing that, but I will wear light clothing. Clothing being the key part here. You know, a like a t-shirt and shorts well into um, October and stuff like that as best I can. Um, or as long as I can, I should say. To try and acclimate myself over the course of time to the colder temperatures I will experience in the field. So, there's that. Um, yeah, that, that kind of caught me uh, off guard there. I didn't expect the U.S. Army to be doing that. But... Um, well, it was the 60s, so who knows? But um, I guess there's a little little tip for you, backed up by some um, almost questionable science, at least at the start of that. But uh, so in preparation for the upcoming colder weather, guys, um, no matter where you are in the country, um, generally speaking, all across North America, uh, temperatures uh, approaching the... the um, the second half towards the end of the year are going to drop. I mean, shoot, how many years now have we had rain or freezing rain or snow or whatever in Texas? Um, so just a tip for you guys. It's helped me out a lot. I honestly didn't know if there was science behind it until I discovered the army army was playing naked in a chamber uh, at 50 degrees. But um, yeah, it's now uh, approaching the second week of August of this year. And uh, for those in the northern regions, you're already experiencing the uh, the, the beginnings of fall. And uh, you're, you're feeling summer's, summer's grasp begin to weaken. So um, there's an idea for you. Uh, obviously, whatever you do, do it in a safe manner. Um, I'm not recommending anyone do anything dangerous or potentially harmful. Hypothermia is a, uh, a real risk and danger for a lot of things. So be mindful, be aware, be smart, um, all that good stuff. And yeah, so there's that. Oh, that was a, an extraordinarily long and ridiculous rabbit trail. So I apologize for that, but oh my gosh, that cracked me up. I am definitely going to share that information with as many people as I know. Just to gauge their reaction. Anywho, so on to some uh, lighter news. 
gosh, that, I'm sorry. That's still cracking me up. Just, oh, geez. Anywho. So other news or news updates, whatever you want to call it. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm, I have to pause this thing. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. It, it's been a long day, and that is hilarious. Uh, at least it is to me, but that's okay. I'll enjoy the heck out of it. Um, in other news, whew, um, you guys may have noticed a slight uh, difference in the uh, profile picture, thumbnail, banners, all that good stuff across the social media platforms. Uh, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Patreon. I think that's it. I think I covered it all. And, oh, and Apple, Apple Podcast. Don't forget that one. So across all the plat across across all the platforms, I uh, I have the updated, new and improved uh, brand imagery, um, all that good stuff. So check that out if you haven't seen it. Um, uh, like I said, guys, I'm always trying to improve, always trying to get better. And uh, when I started this this adventure into a podcast of kind of um, journaling my outdoor experience and all that good stuff, and apparently throwing in random information, um, lots of rabbit trails. But when I started this, uh, I, I had a goal in mind of where I wanted to get to um, and, and, and really a plan slash goal on uh, where I want to take this podcast and, and whatnot. And so uh, this is definitely a big step towards that. And um, yeah, so along with that, guys, um, stay tuned for more information about merch in the future. Uh, like I said before, I'm going to do my absolute best if I get to that point as far as selling, you know, window decals, um, apparel, anything like that. I'm going to do my absolute best um, without, you know, obviously draining my own bank account to get those products available to you at an extremely affordable price. That's my goal. Um, so if you guys are interested in that or whatever, um, more news to come on that front. Um, like I said, I, I consider this, you know, a, a an, an average Joe's regular dudes, blue collar working man's whatever, um, type podcast. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. I will I will definitely try to um, keep you guys updated on that. But like I said, I'm going to try to keep everything I do as affordable as possible for um, pretty much everyone out there. Um, now, granted, guys, I, I can't always I, I won't be able to give everything away for free. But at the same time, I'm going to do my best to. I'm not looking to make profit. Um, but what I am looking to do is if you guys want to show support uh, for the podcast and for the, the content and all that stuff. Um, this is a way you can help me out. Um, but we'll see the more on that to come. Not going to get into the details of that because quite frankly, I haven't hashed a lot of them out. I've just got a plan and have yet to, uh, really execute said plan, but we're getting there making progress onward and upward. And speaking of progress, that leads me to really the only topic I wanted to discuss today. And this is pretty exciting news um, for all waterfowl hunters. I guess doves actually kind of included in this, but maybe not. I'm not sure. 
But uh, if you are going to hunt ducks, if you are going to hunt geese, uh, migratory waterfowl, um, in the in the continental United States, you are required to purchase a duck stamp. Now, I think the technical name of it is the Federal Migratory Waterfowl Stamp or something like that. But uh, everyone calls it a duck stamp. That's what it is. You have your federal stamp that you have to purchase to participate. Uh, and the reason being, if you guys don't know, is because being that uh, waterfowl are migratory species across the United States, they fall under the not only the local jurisdiction of your state, but also the federal jurisdiction um, for wildlife. I forget the I just totally spaced out on the uh, the organizer or the uh, the body that's in, in charge of that. Anywho, so good news. Um, the Senate, U.S. Senate. Uh, I'm just going to read this headline from Ducks Unlimited, uh, their website. Uh, they post an article about this, and I am kind of behind the ball on this because, believe it or not, uh, this was actually posted on uh, July 28th, which is it, it's not that long ago. But I I try to stay up on this stuff uh just for my own personal information and to potentially share with you guys but uh the title of this article is uh senate unanimous unanimously approves permanent electronic duck stamp uh it says the duck stamp Mon uh, modernization act passes with bipartisan support that's cool basically um, you can have your, basically your e-stamp is good for your season. Um, but let's, let's just dive into this a little bit here. Um, trying to find, oh goodness gracious. Trying to find the, the, really the meat to this article here, guys. It's really not a big article. Do do. Okay. You know what? I'm just going to read it because it's really not that long. So uh, sorry if I bore you, but uh, for all the waterfowlers out there, this is this is pretty good news. Um, it says the United States Senate unanimously passed the Duck Stamp Modernization Act uh, legislation to make the federal duck stamp more accessible to waterfowl hunters by authorizing the electronic stamp for the use throughout the entire waterfowl hunting season. The bipartisan bill will allow hunters to satisfy the duck stamp requirement in the field by uh, accessing their electronic stamp using a smartphone. Physical stamps will remain available for purchase from the post office and other retailers. Uh, duck hunters uh, led the charge in making the federal duck stamp one of the most successful con uh, conservation funding programs in history, said Nick Wiley, DU's chief operating officer. As we celebrate 80 years and over 8 million acres of habitat conserved through this program, it's only right that we streamline the process and allow the use of electronic stamps throughout the season. This common sense legislation is a is good for duck hunters and will help maintain strong support for the duck stamp program. We thank our friends in the Senate and we look forward to the, a supportive vote in the House soon. Uh the legislation was introduced by U.S. Senators John Boozman, a Republican of Arkansas, Joe Manchin, not sure on that one, Democrat of West Virginia, Roger Marshall, M.D., uh, Republican Kansas, 
and Angus King, uh, independent from uh, Maine. A companion bill introduced by uh, these, um, this is just getting the weeds now, blah, 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 uh, has passed the House of Natural Resources Committee and awaits a vote by the full House of Representatives. For more information, visit du- uh, www.ducks.org. And I'm going to read the rest of this just because Ducks Unlimited is a really good organization. I happen to be a member. And uh, if if you partake in the outdoors, support conservation. So it says, be sure to follow DU's Twitter feed, at Ducks Unlimited, and DU Conserve to get the most up-to-date news from Ducks Unlimited. So a super short, super short little article here, guys. And it's not, it has not been passed into law yet. So keep that in mind. Um, but it's halfway there. So... Uh, I, and honestly, I see no reason why it wouldn't pass the House. Uh, like the article states, it uh, streamlines the process for um, duck stamp purchasing and all that jazz. And I just said all that jazz again. I, I need to put a sticker on my table here that says, don't say all that jazz. Maybe I just need to throw that on merge. Anywho, so like, it's not passed into law yet. However, I don't see any reason why the House of Representatives will not uh, vote yes for that because uh, the government, um, if you guys uh, don't don't know, they, they enjoy getting money, and the faster they can get it, the better it seems. And as far as conservation goes, I'm all on board with that. Um, now, that being said, I think it's nice that there are options available to... Uh, waterfowl hunters and and people who want to support conservation in general uh which you don't have to be a waterfowl hunter to purchase a uh, a waterfowl stamp um buying that waterfowl stamp directly funds conservation and um as as the article said it's been 80 years and over 8 million acres of habitat conserved through that stamp program that is hands down the most successful program as far as conservation that we've ever had. And um, at least in my opinion, I don't have facts on that per se, but 80 years and over 8 million acres of habitat conserved. That's a pretty big deal, guys. That is something to be proud of. And uh, also, that being said, the work is not done. There, It's 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 a never-ending process. It's a lifestyle. It's not a... Um, it's not a one and done type project. Uh, we're not going to build a statue and move on. We need to uh, keep the efforts going full speed ahead and and really uh, promote conservation in any way, shape, or form we can. Um, but like I was saying, uh, I myself personally, I as of right now for the foreseeable future, uh, if slash when this gets passed, I'm most likely going to go buy an actual stamp. Uh, that's for me. Um, just personally, um, I have a goal in mind and this, I I can't say me personally, but it's also, uh, something to show my children as well. Uh, my goal is to, uh, just collect these stamps and eventually, um, make like a nice, uh, piece of artwork or whatever with all the stamps throughout the years and something I can keep adding to. And then, uh, Lord willing, eventually fingers crossed, I can also add, uh, if my children want to, I, and we can still buy stamps by then, um, 
they can add their own to that as well and to make it a uh, tradition and family heirloom piece um, that is f focused around conservation. And, and that to me, that that's, that's worth more than any, any trophy, any duck, any, any hunt I could ever go on, whatever. That's, uh, that's something that I'm really interested in and, um, I'm really hopeful for, uh, and, and like I said, uh, you know, I've always, I've always been in support of conservation. I, I've mentioned that in previous episodes and, and all, all that stuff. Um, I, I've always been a supporter of conservation but uh, more recently, I am taking a, a as much of an active role in conservation as I humanly can. Um, and if you can't, if you don't have time, um, then maybe give a little bit of money. If you don't have money, then maybe give up a little time. And it doesn't take much, folks. Every every penny counts, and every second counts. Um, so if if you don't necessarily have the disposable income, but you want to help conservation, then volunteer it, you know, uh, a, an hour or two here and there, maybe it's a Saturday morning or something like that. It, it all helps. Um, so I encourage you to please, if you are interested in con uh, conservation, if you are wanting, you know, say you're not a hunter or, or a fisher and you want to get involved in conservation, then um, what I would definitely recommend to you is just search for conservation uh, efforts in your local area. You can contact your uh, uh, really good, no matter where you live, you can look up your state's uh, Department of Natural Resources. Um, oh, it, it's kind of different in every state, but just Google or search however you choose to search. Um, conservation put in your location or not your location but put in your area so for me if i wanted to i would just search uh conservation northern indiana and there's there's plenty of resources out there guys um it's not hard to to uh find something you can participate in and worst case scenario i mean call somebody oh geez i just knocked the mic in there anywho uh call somebody um, get a hold of your, uh, if there is a uh, fish and wildlife area in, in, around where you live, um, see if they have an office and give them a call. You know, it, even if it's, hey, uh, I've got a little bit of free time on my Saturday morning uh, from like 6 to 7 a.m., something like that. Um, would you guys mind if I walked around the parking lot or something like that and picked up trash or anything, guys? Anything helps. It really does. And, uh, there's, there's no time like the present to get involved. And uh, with, with each day that passes, conservation is as important, if not more important, than it was the day before. Our resources are extraordinarily limited. And uh, we have to do everything we can to protect them and to take care of our natural resources so that we can pass them on. And uh, like I said, that's, that's one of my main motivating factors is that... Um, I have enjoyed and partook in the natural resources for many years. I've done uh, what I can in certain ways uh, throughout those years to, uh, you know, give a little bit of money or a little bit of time, something like that. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm really trying to ramp that up and uh, really with a focus of leaving a better, uh, a better 
oh, how do I put it? Leaving better natural resources than I found it or than I, than I had for the next generation or generations after me to come. And um, another, another, I guess, tidbit here, guys, if you guys are uh, familiar with waterfowl podcasts and stuff like that, um, check out the Duck Gun podcast by Jordan Frommer. Um, his most recent episode is uh, talking about Ducks Unlimited, and it gives uh, it's a nice interview, and it gives a lot of information about how that money works to actually work towards conservation. I know there's a lot of social media whatnot, and uh, like I, uh, there's actually actually had an episode about this, but uh, Ducks Unlimited versus Delta Waterfowl and all that all that stuff that goes on in the interwebs. And um, at the end of the day, it's all about conservation, guys. So however you, however you choose to go about it, as long as it's lawful and it's actually <clears throat> conservation-driven, then um, get out there and get after it. That's that's the biggest thing. But definitely, um, <clears throat> if you're interested on, on, on more about uh, Ducks Unlimited specifically and, and how that money uh, contributes to conservation, uh, do check out uh, Duck Gun Podcast. And uh, the most recent episode, I think it was something along the lines of uh, Ducks Unlimited is Superior. Um, I spoke a lot about this in my Delta or Ducks episode, but um, yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of information to be had, guys, and there's a lot of ways you can do it. And uh, just to make sure I plug this episode uh, for Ducks or the Duck Gun podcast correctly, it is Ducks Unlimited is Superior, and here's why. Uh, it was posted today. That is August 15th. Uh, by the time you guys hear this, it may be up for a day or so. But definitely check that out. It's 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 well worth your time. And it, it has some good resources in there. I myself actually learned about some uh, Ducks Unlimited conservation initi- initiatives and conservation efforts in northern Indiana where I, I live that I didn't know about and I, I think is is very interesting. And uh, there's actually some stuff I'm going to look into to see if I can participate in any active conservation efforts, cleanups, or anything like that uh, in the near future. But, yeah, get out there. Uh, get after it. And like I said, guys, don't be don't be bashful. Don't be afraid. Conservation needs all the help it can get. And um, I, I practice what I preach. Um, and I can, I can tell you guys it's very fulfilling and rewarding to help give back and instead of just uh, instead of just benefiting from it, I want to uh, give back, and I, I promise you, it's well worth it. So, moving on to um, I guess other topics, if you will. Um, I guess the updates that I've kind of been slacking on the updates here lately, um, just because unfortunately, guys, there's not a lot of updates going. Like I said uh, before. I have actually been able to knock a lot of stuff off my list here recently, and it's it's really nice because it's freed up a lot of time. For example, for uh, my whole uh, branding um, initiative here that I'm doing and <clears throat> setting up the uh, little studio, all that stuff. Um, so uh, as far as updates go, uh, the boat, uh, there's nothing has changed to the Dragonfly 3 yet. I am still, and, and honestly, it's kind of looking like uh, the the second outboard I purchase is is going to be sitting for a while. Uh, it does run; it it starts, runs, shifts, all that good stuff. It is functional, 
However, I am missing a fitting for the hydraulic tilt and trim. And um, it, it just, I can't do anything with it without that. Um, oddly enough, I did actually, when I purchased it, I I purchased it. We got it loaded up, started talking about fishing and hunting and stuff. And uh, um, completely forgot to get the keys uh, for it. And uh, shout out to that guy. If, you're, if, if somehow you're listening to this, then uh, God bless you for mailing those keys to me. I really appreciate it. That saves me about uh, four hours of driving and... Um, I really appreciate it, but um, still, uh, still trying to figure out a solution for that. I, I I'm a fabricator. I I am a, a general all around handyman. Uh, there's a lot of things that I have experience in, but hydraulics is not one of them. I understand the principle and how it works. I can I can you know work run maintenance on them, but as far as uh, fittings and actually getting uh, specific parts and that stuff, I am I'm lost, guys. I am a I am as green as it gets with that, but so that's still, still on the project list. Um, I still got to get the blind touched up. There's not much more uh, left to do with that. Uh, the kayak is ready to go. The boat's ready to go. Um, yeah, the literally the only thing I have left on my list, and I'm not really going to do this until uh, season gets closer, is rigging decoys. And by rigging, I mean literally taking my Texas rigs and applying them to the decoys and then getting back in the totes, a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, I've, I've spent most of my time here recently, uh, taking care of stuff around the house and, you know, other, other fatherly duties and, and homeowner duties and whatnot. Um, so all my free time outside of that has been focused towards, uh, the podcast, the socials, and all that stuff and trying to get um everything set up for video podcast um i'm not sure which direction i want to take just yet uh with the video podcast if i just want to uh record a podcast uh video podcast and then uh, throw it up on spotify for you guys to enjoy at your leisure or uh i am potentially considering the option of doing like a Facebook live thing. But the issue I have with that is uh, when I have time to do podcasts, uh, I don't think it would be an opportune time for uh, most people, at least in my area uh, and really anyone in the Eastern Eastern time zone to uh, view that um, often guys, I am doing my podcast uh, during the middle of the day. And uh, that's, that's not really good uh, time block to, do a live podcast, I think, but I may, you know, that still is an option that's on the table just to, um, uh, you know, keep in my toolbox. Uh, if I can set up a time for a, a particular interview or something like that, <clears throat> then, um, yeah, uh, definitely want to, uh, keep that on the table. And speaking of interviews, I am, I am working on a concept I have as far as an interview goes, uh, I don't want to give any way, give away any details because nothing is set in stone by any means. But uh, working on the possibility of having a different voice on the podcast, uh, not just mine. And um, as far as the the nature of that podcast goes, I'm not sure just yet. So that is also in the works. But um, yeah, so there's a lot. Of, <laughs> it's a steep learning curve, and I am doing my best to try and stay on top of things. But um, I'm looking into uh, recording equipment, um, actually getting uh, uh, either 
basically getting cap- uh, the capability to mix and stuff, um, better, better mic, all that, all that stuff. Um, and, uh, uh, getting everything set up for, uh, better audio video and all that. Um, but we'll see. Um, like I said, uh, trying to get better every day guys. And, um, if you guys could do me a huge favor, like share, subscribe, follow all that stuff. Uh, if, if you're enjoying this, let me know. Um, uh, check out the poll at the end of this. Uh, I'm just trying to, to keep my, keep my thumb on the pulse of how things are going. I'm going to be pushing ahead, um, pretty much, uh, regardless of what the analytics say. I really enjoy doing this. Um, it's, it's who'd have thought it. I, I never would have thought in my lifetime, this would have been a hobby, but, um, I, I wanted to do this for a number of years now and, uh, here I am doing it, but, uh, stay tuned for more updates. I will try to keep you guys informed as, as much as possible of the updates for the podcast and all that, uh, all that that entails, I should say. Um, and like I said, I, I, I'm, working on merch, working on the video podcast, uh, still working on my side projects with this, you know, this outboard and other stuff. But uh, other than that, I am looking forward to season. I appreciate you guys listening and I will catch you next time. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you're liking the podcast so far. If you guys could do me a massive favor, I would greatly appreciate it. Check out Hastings Outdoors on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, follow all that good stuff. And stay tuned for more Hastings Outdoors content. Thanks for listening.